0: Welcome to Stories of Terra. My name is Guy Black, or Ravenhood on the interwebs, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you into the vast world of Terra by Riot Games. The Riot Games community has crafted an incredible universe where even endless hunger is not free from the hand of justice. Each week, we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Runeterra off of the Riot Games universe site think of this entire project as an audiobook of league stories and lore this week's story and yet another fan request is Cassadin, the Void Walker. also had a little issue with audio and a couple other things so this one might sound a wee bit different and I'm sorry about that I'm going to try and get it figured out but had a glitch that stalled me anyway thanks for listening in and for this fan request in the meantime here's my terrible attempt at an impression there are few, indeed, who tread the paths between worlds. Cutting a burning swath through the darkest places of the world, Cassidan knows his days are numbered. A widely-traveled shireman guide and adventurer, he had chosen to raise a family among the peaceful southern tribes until the day his village was consumed by the Void. He vowed vengeance combing a number of arcane artifacts and forbidden technologies for the struggle ahead. Finally, Cassidan set out for the wastelands of Acathia, ready to face any monstrous void construct in his search for their self-proclaimed prophet, Malzahar. Thanks for tuning in again. Appreciate it. And uh, we're going to jump into the story quick here. Uh, I don't really have a lot of, other than this, again, is a fan request. If you guys want to hear a particular champion, I've got some folks wanting to hear some more Bilgewater lore. And we're going to see how we can jump into that. I'm working on the short story thing as I can. Uh, I've got some stuff popping up at work that I'm going to have to not really slow down. Nothing's changing about the schedule. But The Child of Zawn, I might put out a little earlier or a little later this weekend than I anticipated. Anyway, thanks again for listening, and if you've got any suggestions, feedback, or whatnot, ratings, and whatnot, in Apple Podcasts is always appreciated. all 65 or 7, 69, or whatever, of you guys that have given me such great ratings on Spotify. Thank you. It means a lot, and anytime I hear your feedback or I, you guys hit me up on social medias, I do my best to Respond and thank you all for your attention. Appreciate it; means a lot. Let's get into the story. Cassidan <music> started life as a lowly offcast, walking the harsh sands of the Great Sigh alongside merchant caravans to draw predators away from their more valuable goods. He survived many of these treks across the desert and began to serve less as bait and more as a guide. The foreign tongues that sought his talents, Qaysadin, or Whom Does the Desert Know?, often slurred their shuriman, and so he became fondly known as Qasadin, or Cassadin, in the back alleys and markets of Beljeune. And many spent years exploring the ancient ruins of his homeland, making his employers exceedingly wealthy, but it wasn't until a dig near Zirima that he found the treasure of his own. He fell in love with a woman from one of the desert tribes. With his wife and newborn daughter, Cassidan settled in a small village in the rocky canyons to the south. He was on the road often; his work sometimes requiring him to accompany particularly valuable relics to some faraway sponsor. But no matter where his travels took him, Cassidan would always return with exciting tales from the world beyond. Journeying home from distant Piltover, Cassadin and his fellow caravaniers were watering their beasts at an oasis when they encountered the first terrified survivors stumbling out of the desert. They spoke of the disaster that had claimed their homes, as if the maw of the underworld itself had opened up to devour them. They had barely escaped with their lives. Fearing for his own family's safety, Kassadin left the others behind, riding hard, driving his mount almost to exhaustion. When he finally reached the place where his village had once stood, he found only shifting sand and rubble. He clawed at the debris until his hands bled, screaming out his wife and daughter's names, though no answer came. Days later, Kassadin's companions caught up to him, now just a broken and empty man weeping beneath the scorching sun. They dragged him back to Zirima, but Cassidan would go no further. For years he tried to drown his grief, reduced to little more than a vagrant, until word reached town of the Prophet. Whispers of unspeakable horrors that dwelt beneath the earth and of the sacrifices made in their name chilled Kassadin to the bone. He knew well the legends of old Acathia and the fate that befell that accursed place. If the Void had been deliberately drawn towards Shirima once more, then it had likely been the death of his entire village and the countless more besides. He also knew there were few, if any, who could stand against it. In that moment, Cassidan swore that he would avenge his wife and daughter by destroying this insidious prophet and the source of his abyssal power. He was a man who had made his living finding safe paths through the most dangerous places and resolved to arm himself with the most arcane and esoteric weapons ever known in Valoran, fused with Zonite ingenuity and blessed by Ionian spirit healers. He called in every favor he could, from scholars of antiquities to common smugglers for their help in acquiring what he sought. Many called him a madman, believing this was the last time they would ever see their dear old friend alive. Cassidan merely thanked them for their concern and bid them farewell. He would face the void alone. Last of all, he stole the infamous nether blade of Horok, the sword that had slain a thousand deceivers in the latter days of the empire. He could feel the cold pull of oblivion in its edge, but no longer had any regard for his own mortality and nothing of the old life he was left to lose. Disguised in the robes of a pilgrim, more than a decade since he had last set foot anywhere near that desolate land, Cassidan made his way into Acathia. He would go where no man was ever meant to walk. He would have his vengeance, even if it killed him. Today's story is entitled, Whom Does the Desert Know? by L.J. Golding. Sharima is dying. I do not think she will rise again. The emptiness that writhes in the very bones of my homeland is a malignant, unspeakable thing. It spreads, it devours, its merest touch is death. A thousand deaths, a thousand, times a thousand, times a thousand. Perhaps once there was some who could stand in against it and hope to prevail, but no longer. I walk here, alone, in the darkest places beneath the world, and I see it with my own eyes, through the finely crafted lenses of my helm. What is seen cannot be unseen, and what is known cannot be forgotten. Not here. I am weary so very weary still i walk i can no longer feel the ground beneath me nor the bare rock of the cavern walls but so too i am spared the worst of the numbing winds that rise from the depths i give thanks for that for truly this is a chill beyond the desert's night i have sat upon the endless pain of the cypherage beneath the first moon of winter and yet never known anything like this. It is the deep cold of the void, which the ancients, in their ignorance, might have named as their underworld and the source of all evil in the mortal realm. The truth is worse, I think. The air itself feels wrong and unnatural, throbbing with a fierce purple unlight that pains the mind, and from the shadows that even my eyes cannot pierce, You come, three, four, maybe five, it's difficult to say, a hundred or more of your kind I have faced and slain. Your howls echo in the gloom, but I do not fear you, for you have already taken everything I have. My wife, my beloved, my daughter, our Bini our little explorer, I call out their names as I always do to remind myself why it is that I fight, then I raise my gauntlet. For all your teeth and your claws and your ravenous rage, you cannot defeat me. Either I will strike you down back into the pit or you will send me to the hereafter and I will finally be at peace. I will be with them once more. Either way, I will win. No, you cannot defeat me, you who are Shayatin, the beasts of the last infinity. In my other hand, I clutch the stone tightly. Its foreign magic has kept me alive for this long, long enough to delve far, far beneath the wastelands of old Ikathia. It holds your corruption at bay. Though at what cost of my flesh and my spirit, I cannot guess. For this smallest of trinkets now thrums in time with my own heart. That fearful rhythm is not the pulse of life or magic or any other wholesome thing, but of oblivion itself. Of that much I am certain. Back, beast! Stay back! The nether blade snaps out from my gauntleted wrist into the air between us. yes. Yes, you know this weapon, don't you? You all remember it. Where only moments ago you hungered for my flesh, now you are wary. Now you hesitate, you circle. Those of you that have eyes cannot take them from the blade's shimmering edge. Even you must know, I think, that this thing was not made for mortal hands or mortal souls." It was made by clever magic, by men who were no longer men and who now are nothing at all. Would you remember them too, I wonder? You screech and hiss and stamp at the uneven ground. It would be easy to imagine that you hate all living things, but you do not hate us, I think. Not truly. You do not know what hate is. Hate is the fire that burns burned in the immortal hearts of the god warriors when they saw your kind spilling out into the world. Hate is what drove them against you again and again, though they knew it was almost certainly their doom. Yes, this weapon remembers you. It remembers how to end you. Horok. It was that struck the first telling blow against your masters, great and mighty Horok of the ascended host, whose name shall live forever. He is the finder of hidden ways, the one who follows after. It was Horok who first dared to face you down here, in the darkness, away from the light of the sun that had given him his strength. It was Horok who first bore the nether blade into the void's vile heart, and it was Horok who showed his brothers and sisters how to defeat the Abyss. I am no ascended hero of Shirima, no god-warrior to be remembered in the grand halls of that ruined empire. I am but a man, I am a grieving father, and a child of the sigh in my own time. From the dust I came, and to the dust I shall return soon enough, but not yet. For now, I walk as Horok once walked, and I do this with his blade held out before. The closest of you lunges, horned shell and razor-sharp talons, graze my side as I twist away, breath rasping through the pipes of my mask. For a moment I am blind, trapped in this meager armored suit of my own devising. Then I bring the nether blade up sharply, cleaving through what on any other creature would be called a neck. The sinuous body crashes down, and I feel the weapon's aching hunger in my sword arm, in the sourness at the back of my tongue, like the aftertaste of a scream. Who will be next? Which one of you will you try? The desert knows Horok. His name shall live forever. Even when he was betrayed by the tyrant Nezuk, to his death none would claim the bladed gauntlet from Horok's wrist. As far as the god-warriors had fallen, even they would not deny that these lands might be threatened by the void born once again in some unseen future, and this great weapon should be ready. This is my land. Such horrors walk here now. Openly, I cannot allow it. I will plunge this blade into the creeping nothingness beneath Shirima, as I have dozens of times before. Was it destiny? No. Nothing so noble as destiny. It was fated, I think, that I knew where this thing might be found. I led the Inchebi treasure-seekers to Horok's mausoleum on the banks of the Kahlik many years ago. Back then, I thought, nothing more than to seek their Piltoven gold so that I might provide for my family. I gladly helped break open the tomb that had remained sealed for thousands of years. The netherblade was not the prize the Nivchi sought, but they deemed it valuable all the same. Some of the tribes called me a mercenary. Some called me a traitor. All I know is, in the strange days since them Horok's mausoleum has been utterly consumed by the enemy. Were it not for those treasure seekers and the bounty they paid me, this weapon would now be lost. Like my people, my family. Unlike them, when the time came, the blade was something I could find again. Ka Sayyadin, whom does the desert know? The desert does not know you, beast. You are not welcome here. You are lost in this ancient land of gods and men. But the desert knows my name, for that is my name. Not once have I lost my way. I know exactly where I am, and how many more paces it would be to lead to the doom of all things. I will atone for what I have done, and that which I have not, and I will defy you until the end dude this guy's like the Batman of Shurima I never like I think I've played in all of one time in my decade or more of playing League this guy's badass I love love him this is really cool I really like I really like Cassidy's story he's like like I said he's like the Batman vigilante punisher dude of Shirima. love that um anyway yeah great thanks for listening in appreciate your uh your patronage or whatever you want to call it fandom the ear whatever hope that you have a great week and I will catch you on the flip side